0: back to another episode of ice time with your hosts matt Biscazzi and john horton thank you again for listening yesterday today and tomorrow and for all the continued support uh, be sure to check us out on twitter or x at icetime nine eight nine nine and uh, if you want to get in touch with us be sure to send us an email over at ice time nine eight nine nine at gmail.com uh, each episode will still be continuing to come out on monday and friday this will be out monday so you could start your week with a fresh episode and of course we will keep you posted on uh, wacky wednesdays I actually am thinking about doing a wacky Wednesday this week. I know I'll talk to John a little bit about that. So, stay tuned. You guys might be getting a wacky Wednesday this week. But uh anyway, yeah, get into today's episode a little bit. Here I'll shoot over to John and uh it's going to mention the results of some of our uh, predictions from last episode and we're going to go, you know, start off going into some of those games and then the Rangers of course and uh yeah, we got a ton of stuff to get into this episode, so without further ado, shoot it over to my buddy John over there.
1: Yes, welcome back. Um unfortunately, I did lose. Uh was a 6-4, right? Um yeah. Matt took this one. Yeah. Um 15 games on Saturday. Run through quickly and then we're gonna dive into uh the most important, fun, exciting, interesting ones. Uh Rangers Wild, Wild 5-4 in the shootout, predators, oilers, five to two, predators, uh Sabres, Maple Leafs, six-to-sabres, jets, coyotes, five to three jets, Bruins and Red Wings, five to four Red Wings, Lightning and Senators, six to four, lightning, uh Canadians, St. Louis Blues, six to three blues. Columbus Blue Jackets, Washington Capitals 2 1 Capitals. Kings and Flyers 5 0 Kings. Hurricane Islanders 4 3 in a shootout for the Hurricanes. Panthers Blackhawks 5 2 for the Blackhawks. Nice goal by Connor Bedard. Uh, Flames and Kraken 6 3 uh, Flames. Penguins and Sharks 10 2 Penguins 2 0 in the Canucks and Stars game for the Canucks to take that victory. And finally, Golden Knights and Avalanche 7 0. So for the golden knights so we have a lot to uh to dive in here for um some of these pretty incredible games i think we'll go into the avalanche and golden knights a little bit at the at the end of it because there's a lot to unpack there for this but Mm. quickly i will say the uh senators you know i I remember i was like you know what the senators in a revenge game need to really bring back their pride unfortunately they did not um and uh i thought um brady to you know, with his captaincy. He had a a really nice um, post-game interview that I thought was really well done, so I'll throw that in here.
0: It's frustrating, the the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and and the uh, kind of from the crowd, too. Tonight was, um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand, I love it, but um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't don't turn your back on uh, the, the guys out there, I mean, we're playing hard um I know it's frustrating right now but it's not like we're we're giving up out there we're fighting to the very end so um to be honest with you it's um I
1: I was I was very frustrated tonight um but yeah I feel bad for him you know dealing with a lot of negativity and the front office stuff the players can't really control and then you know a player who gambles this and that like we talked about in the last episode so that's unfortunate um the Bruins Excuse me. The Bruins and the Red Wings. Red Wings handed the Bruins their first regulation loss. So good to see for anybody who does not like the Bruins, including myself and Matt. Yeah, I was happy um, to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess we'll dive first into, right now, first time in 58 years, right? 58 years. Think about what's happened in the last 58 years the San Jose Sharks are the first team in 58 years to lose consecutive games allowing 10 or more goals. Um, It seems to me like they are fielding an AHL team and it's just demoralizing. I mean, we all knew coming into the season, the Sharks were going to be bottom of the barrel, but this is incredibly, uh, you know, heartbreaking for any San Jose shark fans. Uh, It's a cool franchise. Uh, You know, a couple of years ago they were really contending and uh now they're on a pretty heavy decline and they are of course in their rebuild. Um, you know, they've gotten some nice draft picks recently. We'll see if they can pan out eventually. Definitely don't rush them. <laughs> <for> <laughs> yeah, what they right? Have right now. Um It's like what's it worth, you know? It ex- exactly. Yeah. They do not have a regulation win. I am curious what you think because I don't know a ton about David Quinn. I know he's not like the greatest NHL coach to ever step foot in the ice, but <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are, of course, like asking for his head right now. Get him off the team. Um, I'm sure he's not really helping all that much, but I don't really think he's like 80 to 90 percent to blame for the, how poor this team is right now. I think it's just the roster. I mean, it's it's abysmal.
0: I don't know what I, you thought. I kind of have to agree with you because I mean, I was never the biggest fan of Quinn when when we had him in New York. I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was a really good idea getting him in here at the time. It was his first NHL coaching job. Uh, he, he was coming out of, I believe he coached at, was it Boston college, right? Or BU. It was either BU or BC. I think, I think, I think it was BC, but, um, you know, anyway, he came over from the, from, from the NCAA to the NHL. And at the time we had some younger players, it was kind of like, we were, we should have been rebuilding kind of, sort of. So I thought it was a good idea that we'd like brought him in there, uh, you know, with our younger guys, I thought it would really work out. And then we saw him just get kind of like confused and lost a bunch and like, just the lineup was all over the place brett howden was in the top six for some reason because you know he was like obsessed with brett howden and so yeah we definitely saw some weird stuff from him and just looking at this sharks roster though i don't think it's really his fault i mean like you said i don't think he's necessarily helping himself i'm sure that he's probably not making the best decisions in terms of like lineup decisions and and line changes and things like that but this roster is just shambolic i mean this is God, this is so bad. I don't even recognize like half, more than half these names. And like, it's one thing if you look at a team that plays in the West and like we're in the East, I might not recognize a few names, but the fact that like the names that I recognize too, you know, a, a large portion of these guys, they're not like they're not setting the league on fire. These are not top guys. Like, you know, obviously, like, Logan Couture is great. Michael Grandlin had, has a, had a pretty good career. Thomas Hurdle is no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other guys here that, you know, you've heard of, like, Mike Hoffman. He, he had a pretty good career oh, here yeah, for yeah. himself. Kevin LeBanc. But then you get to, like, these names that you don't recognize. And it's like, I don't even know what kind of role they have on this team. And I, I don't even know, like, what are they doing? Are they... Are, like, it's just... You can't... You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at these names and I'm like, how is this your team? Yeah. Like, this is... Like you said, it's like it's like a minor league roster man it's atrocious so I feel really bad for any fans over in San Jose it is just a dumpster fire of a season so far and I mean just who knows when they're gonna get their first win right like I don't even well they have I'm trying to see like who they have coming up here do they have the flyers coming up I don't I mean that's a chance I guess theoretically but then they have like the Oilers I think they play the the Golden Knights soon as well so yeah they are
1: not looking great here (laughs) No, no, it's a shame. Um, if they don't get the first overall pick coming up, um, that would be quite shocking to me. Um, for the Penguin side, though, ah, dude, any of this, I gotta, I gotta, you know, give credit to um, easily future Hall of Famer um, Evgeny Malkin, thirty-seven years old. I mean, in reference, look at Blake Wheeler, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, also, and look at Malkin. Like Wheeler struggling, looks old on the ice, unfortunately, but you know, still. Incredible, you know, hockey player for, for what he's done. And then you have Evgeny Malkin, thirty-seven years old, thirteen points in ten games, seven goals, six assists. How is he doing that? At thirty-seven, how is he still competing on this level? Him and Crosby, it's actually it's actually mind blowing to me. <laughs> like just Did I know how incredible of a player he is at his age. Um, easily one of the best players of all time. Um, one of my favorite memories from—I forgot what it was. You probably know exactly what it was. It was a game from a long time ago. I think he got penalized pretty bad, like somebody like cross-checked him or hit him pretty bad, mm. and he got revenge later on by like getting a breakaway, and he just took a like a point blank slap shot. Oh, <laughs> just, like, I do remember the that. Yeah. I think you know which one. And that actually, is. if it,
0: so what's funny is I might be thinking of a separate issue that was a similar case where like he did get that revenge because he is very much like that petty like kind of get on oh, yeah. your skin like annoys you kind of player. And so like I think I might even be thinking of a separate incident. But that one sounds stupidly familiar, but I'm also thinking of one where he literally came out of the penalty box and scored like on an immediate <clears throat> breakaway and then as he was like celebrating was like looking at the whole bench, just like, haha like <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> just give it to him. But yeah, no, credit, credit to Pittsburgh here. I mean they're obviously it's the Sharks, right? So you can't give him too much credit on that one in particular. But their their season really hasn't been um Hasn't been too tough here. I mean, I'd love to see more from them defensively. I think if you're a Pittsburgh fan in particular, you want to see more defensively, especially from Carlson because like Carlson looks weak here. But yeah, like you said, it's it's almost like the fountain of youth for those older guys like the Crosby, the Malk, and the Letang. I mean, they just perform. They show up every game. And then you can even throw Brian Rust in there, although he's not as old and he hasn't been there as long. But he's having a great uh, beginning of the year here. So there are definitely some signs of life there in Pittsburgh, unfortunately for us in the Metro.
1: But um yeah. Yeah, I just I
0: oh. I I wonder how consistent they can be is the big the big question there, but yeah.
1: No, I agree. Uh before we move on real quick, I just want to throw in cuz I saw it before. Cuz you know, Malkin <clears throat> Man, my throat, I apologize. He is that petty player, but in his career, right? 18 years right now. If you had to guess what his all-time penalty infraction minutes are, what do you think?
0: Oh, dude, it's probably ridiculous. I mean, I don't really have, like, a frame of reference for... I'm trying to think, like, what a year of penalty minutes would be, because it's, what, two minutes, a minor, Well, here's over... here's one
1: reference. In 2009 and 10, in the whole year, he had 100 minutes of penalty Okay. Infraction. Okay, so 18 years, you said? 18. Yeah. 18 years?
0: Oh, dude, he's... What is he? He's, like, 1,500 penalty minutes?
1: Is that even, a little is that too, like, little high, but not too far off.
0: Okay, so okay, I went higher. I figured I could always go low. What, like twelve hundred? Very
1: close. One thousand one
0: hundred four, which okay. is Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you the hundred then I'm thinking to myself like a hundred a year sounds yeah. crazy, but he is like that kind of guy where like he's just yeah. yeah, he's not afraid. He does not hold back the the emotion there. But
1: uh, I thought that was funny. But um, yes, moving on quickly to one thing. Oil country. Edmonton, another loss for them. Uh, My goodness. Uh, McDavid did get a point. Dreisaitl was held off. McDavid and Dreisaitl, they looked defeated. And that's something we did not expect coming to the season, especially when they had the, you know, oh, we're starting training camp two weeks before everybody else. And then the yeah. first game of the season, they lost 8-1. So I think, kind of like New York Giants, I think that 8-1 loss to this, like, like you know, the Giants lost 40-0 in the first game. Like, the first game of the season was like, okay, this is what the rest of the season is going to be. Of course, it's mm-hmm. a longer season than football but it's just i don't know i i don't know i at this point in your career like you're only getting older um i don't know I, i'm not in their frame of mind and their families and this and that but i would pack my bags i'd be like i need to go to a different team i need to get out of here <laughs> i know i know there's a lot of it's cuz of the defense and the it's goaltending hard. man like if they, if they want to get moved, and,
0: and obviously there are going to be teams out there that are going to want them. I, I don't think it's a problem of like making it work. Like they, they will have, be able to make it work in some regard, whether it's a trade that involves multiple teams retaining salary, uh, you know, draft picks going there for compensation, whatever it might be, or if it is through free agency, just a team that is uh, rebuilding, saying, you know what, we got young guys, we look good, maybe we're the coyotes and we have some uh, some cap space, and we say, let's bring a star in here and throw them with our young fast guys and see what it looks like. But uh, yeah, you know, at, at that point. I, like I said, I think I think the move is possible for sure. Like it will get made in some regard, and yeah, if I am if I'm either one of them sitting there and I'm looking at my team and we look awful on defense, our goaltending is wildly inconsistent, and you know Stewart Skinner is supposed to be our future goalie, and we're yet to see consistent you know good performances from him this year. He's looked pretty bad. Uh, Jack Campbell's looked pretty bad, and like not that their defense is doing them any favors either. And so just the whole structure of this team, I mean, you can't rely on. One, two, three guys at the top to do it all for you, especially when all when those two guys are forwards. You you need that top talent on your defense as well. And Darnell Nurse cannot hold that defense down. He's he's one guy on six or seven defenders that are playing every night. And so yeah, that that is just shambolic over there. Their defense, their 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 goaltending, and if I would not be surprised, and I don't even think you could blame either one of them if they want to get out of there and be literally anywhere but there at this point, especially at the end of the year here. If if you know this trend continues but that will definitely yeah, be something to keep our eye on. What's with, with free agency coming up too cuz what dry sidle is a free agent is it at the end of this
1: year? I think at think it's end of this year and he's I think it paid, is yeah. He's going to get easily 11 to 12 mil AAV probably cuz he's at what like 8 right now. So yeah, he, I think he's he, like he 8.5. I mean,
0: I'm actually pulling up right now.
1: Yeah. Um I think shambolic is the word of the week. Um Oh yeah, I just realized I've said it like four times already, but I yeah. love that no, word. I love it's, so it. funny. It's, it's a, a great a word. Funny word. Um, yeah, he
0: is uh he's 8 8.5 right now. And oh he God, expires it's... next year, actually. So he's next year, and then McDavid's the year after that. So that'll oh definitely be something to keep our eyes on.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, because that's the thing, like this oh, the front office, like this GM, like how have you failed? Like you've gotten the amount of insane first overall luck they've gotten in like top ten, like as Dry said it was what, like third overall or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you had Nugent Hopkins, who, you know, he's all right, and then you had McDavid, of course. Um How have you just failed at goaltending for the last ten years? I just don't understand. Like, like that has to be, that has to be somewhat of a high priority. Like, I know historically in drafts you're not really taking goaltenders high up unless it's a um, Martin Brodeur or a marc Andre Fleury. Usually Mm -hmm. goaltenders go like second round or a prospect, whatever this and that. But that's your future. Like, that's got to be that's your that's your wall. I mean, you look at the stats here every time. Like Campbell, he he saved twenty nine of thirty four. 8.53, 8.53, save percentage, five goals against. And then, like, the next game, they'll be like, all right, well, let's put Skinner in there, and he'll do the same thing. So it's just like you get the same result no matter who you yeah. put in. You know, the goaltenders aren't getting any sense of uh, stability because they're getting substituted in and out. And then on offense, it's defeating. Like, you're, you're hustling, you're pushing, you're forechecking, and then you you watch your goaltender let up two goals, and you just kind of get deflated. I don't blame them. You're just like, all right, well, now we have a mountain to climb. And yeah. You know, I I think, you know Leon and and Connor, they're they're very passionate and they're very loyal, and they're good friends. You know, all these years playing together. You know, they got drafted a year apart, and I think just because historically how incredible the Oilers franchise is. You know, Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, of course, and also it's a Canadian team. Canadian team hasn't won a cup in since 1993. I think they really, really do. Want to be the heroes of Edmonton, and I think they really wanna and they're uh oh Leon's German, but <laughs> well, yeah. uh, Connor's Canadian you know I think they really want to be a part of that like history, but everything's working against them, and they're win they're winners and they want to be even more proven winners, so yeah, um unless this off season some serious changes are made between the pipes or defensively or whatever this and that um I think, yeah, they're just gonna want to just get out of there, and just do something else with their career.
0: No, I have to agree. I mean, especially like the end of like the end of next year, we'll be looking at okay, is Dry settle even gonna want to resign there? And yeah, if they don't, if they don't make some serious changes on the back end there, it'd be hard for anybody to want to stay there, right? So yeah, it's really unfortunate given the expectations and, and just kind of how good we th- you know we we thought they'd be awesome we we talked so we highly did. of them in the off season i thought they'd be top in the pacific making the stanley we cup really kind did. of thing and now they're what two and seven and one two i mean and it's, seven and one yeah. dude it's awful it i mean is. at least for us in <laughs> new york we look much better because i was gonna say yeah, i i just God. i know i mean even though last night though that was a little tough but um
1: yeah a little tough but no, given the but yeah,
0: just uh, but, a segment to the Rangers because I don't dude the Oilers stuff yeah. is just sad at this point Honestly, and like I think is this sad. is going to be a storyline that we're going to see all year and you know They have kind of been that team where like you see them at the end like they they're streaky They will they will you know Typically they will go on like a streak where they win eight out of ten and kind of get themselves back into a really good position And so maybe we will see them kind of catch some catch some fire and hit some streaks here But the <laughs> way they look right now. It's just not very hopeful I mean if you got guys between the pipes who can't keep you in games and uh, yeah. especially when you play that, like we're going to score more than you, game. Okay, well, you know, you can't score more when your goalie can't stop anything behind you. So exactly, yeah. I, I, think, I see
1: people all the time that they're like, oh, uh, one of the biggest problems at Edmonton is their scoring depth." I'm like, "Are you on drugs?" Well, what are you? Because they about? don't, they don't get a lot of score, especially this year in particular. They haven't gotten any scoring
0: if it's not from McDavid or well, Dreisaitl, basically. Yeah,
1: but still, Which, like my thought is like fix the back end, and then the scoring will come. Because oh yeah, no, no. Like, I mean, what that's yeah, the thing know. too is that.
0: I think that depth scoring is, is really contributing here because in years past they were, especially, I mean, look, look at last year, like look at how, uh, how many points uh, Eugene Hopkins had a ton of points. Um, was it yeah. Hyman had a really good year. So you had other guys that were stepping up and uh, I'm sure down Darnell Nuss had a, oh, excuse me, Darnell nurse must've had a uh, quite a few points there anchoring their defense. And, uh, I think he has on their power play as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, they're not getting that scoring as well, so it becomes even harder, and it puts even more pressure on McDavid and Dreisaitl, and so if if the other team can shut them down, like in that one game that we played against the Oilers, I mean, I know McDavid was hurt, but we shut Dreisaitl down. I mean, every time he touched the puck, he had two guys within five feet of him, and yep. if you can neutralize them or do a, a good enough job of containing them, they're not getting any type of secondary scoring, and all of your good opportunities are basically going to go right in the net because they're not getting any goaltending, and half the time their defenders aren't in the right position to block a shot, so... It's kind of just a a storm of uh, terrible play that in all areas of ice that are just all contributing to this just dumpster fire of beginning of the season. Honestly, I mean the first eleven yeah. games to be two seven and one is just or first ten games to be two seven one is just awful. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then maybe we we'll transition to our you know our team over here in New York because we have a much better beginning beginning of the year here, especially yeah. that that game against the Canes was unreal on Thursday and uh Sense you know that, the cost uh, i know one but at what cost yeah, <laughs> the thing was... is like they play so hard and so aggressively that somebody i heard some people online that were like we're all like someone's always going to get hurt against the canes when you play them it feels like that because like oh yeah it's just such an i mean it felt like a playoff game like i know it was like what the 10th game of the season but it felt kind of like a playoff game and just like tight checking close defensively no space in the middle of the ice especially the way that the canes can uh, shut you down in the neutral zone and and put that four check pressure on but hey we weathered the storm we clutched it out. Uh, Will Cooley had a nice little goal off a feed from Trubo in the corner. And, yeah, uh, great. no, he really, he looks, he looks good. He's got quite the pep in his step and he never stops. But yeah, like you said, the the cost of the win, we got Foxy out for at least a couple weeks. He's on LTIR, so it'll probably be two to four weeks at least. And
1: Phil, I think, is going
0: to be at least a couple of weeks out as well with what looks like a concussion. So I think he's
1: minimum seven. And then Fox is minimum 10 games or 24 days. Whatever oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, so it's, going to, be, it's farcs, going to be more than, it's going to be a few weeks then, Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that picture I sent you with his knee, Oh man, that because yeah. uh, at first I was like, damn, like, yeah, they, you know, collided hard, of course that's going to hurt. I was thinking maybe like a bone bruise or like inflammation, but yeah, it looks like a hyperextension, oh. hopefully not a tear. Um, I, I hate in hockey that they just, it's a secret, like, it's, like it's so annoying. I know, like, like God forbid know. they just tell us what happened. Like, Is it like be a, a, an, be a, an HLP thing?
0: i honestly why? i have no idea i mean i wonder if it's just the way it gets reported as well because i know in those hockey there's so many more injuries too is the thing and people play yeah. through them so they it'd be almost silly to be like yeah you know uh but you know like jordan Stahl had a, rolled his ankle and he's on the injury no, report but then fair. he's playing you know what i mean like it'd be weird because i think there are so many of those injuries that people like just brush off and play through in the nhl as compared to like oh my god you look at, like baseball and it's like Oh, oh, yeah, no, they fell over and, and uh, bumped their shoulder, they got a bruise, they're out for four games. Or, like, you go to football and there's, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, like an ankle sprain, uh, we'll see you in four weeks. Like, you just, you never really know, you know, in those other sports, some of these minor injuries kind of put these players out for a while.
1: So I wonder if that has to do with it as well. That could but, be, That could be a good part of it. I think maybe it's also competitive, too. Like, you don't want your enemy teams to know, like, what you're going through maybe um i think the only time that we really ever know is if they're out for the season like when no literally yeah. last year tore his acl that's when we knew they're like oh yeah he, he tore it or if out.
0: there's like i mean and this isn't even injuries but like suspensions and stuff i feel like those are the only times we know how long players are actually going to be out if there's like a suspension yeah. involved or like you said if it's like a season ending type of thing yeah like you just even like you look at kane where he had this surgery and they're thinking about he might be coming back this season even that you don't get a timetable it's like, no, he's been recovering for months now or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, he'll be back. Like when he feels like December, it, and someone signs November, and, you know, something. like, yeah, yeah, you don't really get like an idea. It's kind of annoying, but no, you don't. yeah, you just um, got to hope that those guys come back sooner rather than later because, you know, getting into the, the game last night, I know you didn't catch too much of it. Uh, I was able to catch, I caught the first, I actually saw the, that period there where we had like, it was three goals in like four minutes. Um, I caught some of the second where we let up a couple goals and then I actually was able to catch like the last 15 minutes of the game, including overtime and the shootout and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, we had some guys step up, but you could really tell, especially on our power play, does not look the same without Foxy, uh, Foxy up there, at QB in it. And all night we were just having trouble getting the puck out of our own zone against a, an aggressive
1: wild team on the four check. And mm-hmm. yeah, we we're missing. Yeah, those only guys. 18, you, you can tell only 18 shots on goal is abysmal, but Hey, wild played well. Um, I still, every we'll wake up and miss Matt Zuccarello. I oh think my that God. That I know. And he had a, dude, he had a
0: gorgeous deflection on one of the goals yeah. too. Like credit to just the way that they fought back i it, honestly it was it was a combination of us letting them come back but i, I think it was mostly the fact that they just played out, like out of their skin oh, i mean yeah, because yeah. we didn't we didn't look bad defensively i mean quick got hung out to dry on those goals rightfully so like it wasn't his fault it was like yeah, you know no, he played well. yeah it was like like we said you know, it was like a gorgeous deflection um guy wide open with a wide open net like whatever the case may be and for a large part, we played well defensively, but the Wild were just relentless, man. They just did yeah, not they stop were. coming at us, dude. What was it? They had like 40-something shots, right?
1: Yeah, Quick quick face 40 shots, save 36. So despite, you know, looking at the final score, uh, he played a great game, which is incredible for his age and what's been going on. So you can't really blame him for that. Like we were saying off the air, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like 5-4 to four and Quick was letting in these soft goals or like blue line shots, but that wasn't the case. It was, you know, great offensive play and... Defensive breakdown, and, you know, they got it in the the back of the net, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. I still think one of the biggest rebuild blunders of all time is letting Matt Zuccarillo go to the stars, and then he went to the wild, and what did we get in return? Like, what was that, Robertson, who probably will never touch the NHL, and what's his face? Like, I get it was a rebuild, but, Mm -hmm. like, him, he should have been one of the veterans we kept to continuously I always yeah rebuild it was
0: weird cuz I don't I don't know if we would have been able to afford him with some of the other key pieces at the time I don't remember hey, the exact yeah. situation but that cuz that's just where my head goes like there I think there just had to be other things involved because he was like a heart and soul kind of guy everybody he loved was. him him and Lunquist were like besties so you look at that and you're just thinking to yourself like how do you let this guy go but I think we did get a pretty good return i mean if you follow that trade tree now that return didn't really end up panning out like you said we ended up with a couple prospects who it's like Okay, so what? But at the time, you get a couple picks, and it's like, yeah, this is worth it, because we weren't going to be able to re-sign him, so yeah. I, you know, I get it, but then when you do, like and you said, when you do the trade tree, and you, like, look at what we actually ended up with, like, at the time, it's like, yeah, it's a good deal, but now it's like, ah, like, really wish we yeah, did anything like, else. Uh, yeah, like,
1: literally, but... But, you know, I still have his jersey, one of my favorite players. Um the so fun to watch. Love him. 12 points. 12 points in 11 games. I mean, like we said before, a lot of it's because he plays with... Um, you know, Crow the Thrill. No not trying to, you know, undermine his game, but he you know, he only, he only has three goals, so I feel like he wouldn't have as many points if he wasn't playing with him. But I wish him all the best. At, I mean, that's uh, his game though. That is his game. Like, he years is, old. He's that
0: quick, shifty little playmaker. Like you're not always gonna see the goals from him, but yeah, yeah. nonetheless he is he is incredible. He's a lot of fun Ale- to watch.
1: But hey, eleven more goals and he'll have two hundred goals in his career. So that's hey. cool.
0: <laughs> well, with the with the talk of goals, you wanna get into light the lamp?
1: Uh yeah, but right before the quickly the avalanche and golden knights I almost oh my god right them. oh well uh, you want to end that mystery Monday actually mm. yeah okay so because yeah yeah, yeah. cuz just cuz we'll yeah, uh, yeah. yeah yeah you'll we'll see you'll see to... why
0: my my first mystery will very much illuminate okay. that point but yeah cuz we definitely have to mention that that was quite the shocking scoreline yeah.
1: okay light the lamp then
0: Who should go first? Um, well, I got one. So this, and it pains me that it is a goal coming from the Penguins, but I actually just saw the replay of it this morning, and I was like, oh, this is a light lamp 100%. Uh, so I believe it was their sixth goal at the time. I know they scored 10, so it's kind of hard to keep track of what's what. But uh, they end up on a breakaway. It's Crosby and Latang. Latang has the puck coming out of the zone. He throws it over to Crosby, who's uh, coming down, like, the right side of the ice. And then as Crosby's getting, like, right kind of towards the crease – he just he literally just throws like a no look backhand over to Latang. By the time the goalie realized like what was going on, he went to go to Latang. Latang fakes the forehand, goes to the backhand and just tucks it in like the corner of the net just past the extended toe. Gorgeous little goal. I mean, I know the Sharks had no chance. The goal meant virtually nothing. They won the game 10-2, but nonetheless, it was uh, like, again, I, you know, I hate that it's a Penguins goal, but it was a really, really fun goal to watch. And uh, yeah, I had to give credit to Pittsburgh on that one. And how about the courtesy of Riley Smith? I'll finish that in a second. Here's Crosby stepping ahead of the pack. Drops it for Letang. backhander, scores! Absolutely sick from the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're running and gunning in San Jose. And
1: Chris Letang's got his first of the year. And that's all I got. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I have two. Um, well, one's just, first one is just, um, austin matthews third hat trick of the season um you know really charging the net blasting him in there which i think is just impressive and then my um other one is uh the artemi panarin goal uh i thought that was beautiful you know he came into the zone on the right side and got a nice pass and he just let this wrist rip and uh it just like through traffic it just found the top shelf and it was uh Absolutely beautiful goal from him. He's been electric on fire. One of my favorite players. I did actually may or may not have on eBay found a PSA ten, you know, young guns of him on the Blackhawks that might Ooh. be coming in the mail soon. Maybe. Dude, that is awesome.
0: So you know, that's the really crazy cool. thing. I've I'm so happy he's on our team because I've always loved watching him. Like I remember watching us play the Blackhawks when he was a rookie. And, like, me and my mom were watching the game, and I said to her, I was like, oh, this kid's going to be good. I mean, at the time, I was a kid, so I probably didn't say this kid. But, like, just watching him play, I was like, he is fast. He's great hands. I mean, the chemistry between him and Kane at the time was unreal. They had that two-year stretch where they were just, nobody could even keep up with them kind of thing. But, yeah, so
1: I'm really happy you ended up with him because, like, he's he's, he's so fun to watch play, man. Oh, my God, he's so much. Especially coming into the league as a rookie at 24 because he went undrafted. Mm -hmm. Um, Winning the calls of that year because... McDavid got injured. He McDavid probably would have won it, but still, still incredible. Mm-hmm. He had a seventy-seven point season. um What he went undrafted because of the whole Russian thing. Or? Honestly, I don't know. I'm really not familiar with kind of how he came in here. Because um, I remember he yeah. went <laughs> to the draft, and he, is you know, he went to the draft and like he didn't get picked. And he was like, "Oh damn!" And then he got a, I think it was a PTO with the Blackhawks, or the Blackhawks just picked him up, and then boom, the mm-hmm. you know, rest is history. Oh. And then Win. they were like, you know what, we're gonna send you to Ohio. <laughs> <It was just laughs> crazy. And then, I know. Yeah, he was part of that. He was part of that historic um, sweep of the the Lightning team. That was fun, Lightning man. He team. scored
0: that. Um, I remember the one of the first goals of that series. He was just coming down like the the off wing actually, and well, no, it was the left side. But he's coming down the left side and just ripped it right over the guy's shoulder on like. Sit like front side, and you're just looking at that, like, oh boy. And that was the beginning yeah. of it, of the end for the yeah. for lightning in that series. Man, that was crazy to watch, but
1: all right. Well, that was yeah, it. I like that. So, I like that good little, lamp let's go. yeah, we'll do mystery Monday then.
0: Oh, right, and I'll start because this is why I held off on the Vegas. So, yeah. my first mystery is literally, will Vegas get a regular time loss? And unfortunately, well, I guess in this next you know, week, since obviously before we record our, our next Mystery Monday here. But it's looking unlikely because uh, we're recording Sunday morning here. This will come out Monday morning. They are playing the Ducks tonight. And, you know, credit to the Ducks. They've, they've surprised some people. They're actually not playing too bad to begin the year here. But they are the Ducks and they are facing probably the best team <laughs> in hockey right now. So they are the
1: Ducks. <laughs>
0: that's a tough one. Got the Kings on Wednesday, which is an interesting one because the Kings have been up and down a little bit. I think a lot hinges on how their goaltending looks. And, uh, you know, overall, if, if they can kind of bring it that night, because we've seen nights where they blank the Flyers 5-0, and we've also seen them get, you know, blasted. So really don't know what you're going to get from them. That one, I think, probably has the best chance of coming out with with a loss there for Vegas. And then they have the Sharks on Friday. So, I mean, come on. That's... that's oh, my God. I, I mean, Sharks what is it going to be, like, 20-2? to two? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, so... Dude, that game is going to be I highly know. watched. Oh, I know. Watch I the think Sharks it's gonna, gonna. I feel like, like it's final. gonna get like boring at some point, though, right? Like if they if oh, Vegas plays the way God. they're playing here and the Sharks look the way that they've looked, it's gonna get boring to a point because Vegas is just gonna run the show. I mean, oh, it's
1: gonna be a massacre. Oh, I know. My God. So that
0: one, yeah, keep your eyes out for that one. But that is why I, I held out on that one because we yeah. did see Vegas win against the Avs seven to zero the other 0, night. Zero man, which is I just... I mean, your your game oh.
1: played awful. I watched a lot of those. Mm-hmm. He 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 had a breakdown, dude. Aiden Hill. Forty-one shots, forty-one saves,
0: dude. There's I a reason they they signed me. him, man. They signed him to that little because yeah, they gave him a little extension this off season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the thing yeah. is,
1: like, you're facing Miko Rantanen, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Cal McCarr. You know, you're not facing. <laughs> you're well, facing and Dude, Mark Stone scored two goals in that game, both so shorthanded. Both, oh, short-handed. Short-handed, both short-handed, yeah. that's interesting. I thought Mark Stone was going to be on injured reserve until the playoffs. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I hate when they do that. But, yeah, no, I mean, this was just insane. We both had the abs here. I thought this was finally going to be a loss for Vegas here. Um, In regulation, at least, they do have that one overtime loss. Yeah,
1: I just, like, McKinnon, 23 shifts, 20 minutes, four shots on goal, held off the sheet. in 21 shifts, 20 minutes, four shots on goal, also also held off the sheet. Kel McCarr, 21 minutes. Uh, and uh, Taves, 23 minutes, both with three shots, held up, like, it wasn't for a lack of trying. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? so Dude, I just... Ve-
0: Vegas is just a, f- a force here, man. The year, just like, they block shots, they get in the lane, they win face-offs, they, they check you tight, they play aggressively on the yep. four check and the, in the neutral zone. I mean, all areas of the ice, the puck possession, the way that they get deflections, the, the goaltending behind them, I mean, they are a Look, force, I, I, man.
1: I, I, I apologize to any... Vegas Golden Knight fans. I don't wanna see them run it back because oh god, watching no. that finals <laughs> last year was so boring. Oh my god, I know. It was hard oh ho- it was painful god. to watch. Yeah. It was painful. And not even because it was just like bad hockey. Like it was good hockey. It's just I don't know. Just like it's just boring. Like it wasn't anything like and the viewership was, wasn't as wasn't as high because, you know, it's not like a original six team like that like the lightning and the Blackhawks. I think that was one of the highest finals mm. in a long time well yeah and before. i mean it was them and the panthers so it was like yeah it was like you know so but it was just so so boring like even when they won and like they were all celebrating it just felt like like the, like the audience too like you could hear like almost a pin drop i was like yeah what is going on like this is so lame and i'm also just not like a big fan like i don't really like jack eichel i don't really like mark stone they're great players i'm not i'm not taking away their skill like they're great yeah. players they have great hockey iq just I just don't really like them. Like, Mark Stone's kind of a little baby sometimes. And then Jack Eichel's kind of just like that little, uh, I don't know, like every, like when he was on the Sabres, he wasn't. Um, you know, I also agreed more on, on his side as well. All the debate with the Sabres, like, you know, having autonomy over, like, what type of surgery you should get. I do agree with yeah. his decision on that. Yeah. But um, ever since he came to Vegas, like, I don't know, he's just kind of like that little... Uh, trying how to say it without cursing he's like the little brat kind of thing like yeah no i the, uh, i know
0: i know exactly what you mean
1: yeah like oh i'm jack eichel this and that like 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 when they had the uh when nhl 24 was gonna come out and they had players like oh who do you think is gonna be on the cover like literally every player like said somebody else and then they got to jack he's like well i hope it's me i'm like dude shut up yeah like it's <laughs> obviously know. not you dude like come on i'm like shut up man Great hockey player. Can't take that away from him. But, yeah, but yeah, I just, I I don't like that Vegas team. But no, whatever. me either.
0: And I haven't, like, especially since I used to, I love when they first came out here. I love watching the, it was Riley Smith, uh, William Carlson and Jonathan Marshall show. That line was electric. They were, I mean, the chemistry, the friendship, just the skill was so fun to watch. And I know that, I, I know that they were like, it's not like they, um, it's been years since they were together. Like, I believe they were together, what, last year, or the year before, whatever. Like, it hasn't been that long. but i really like since that since smith went to the penguins especially too it it made it even harder for me to want to like watch vegas and then get behind them they're just not a fun team to watch despite how good they are it's not like they play a boring brand of hockey or anything like that by any means but yeah i do have to agree with you i I don't enjoy watching the knights and i really hope that they get some losses on the column here coming up soon because they look like a force but yeah that is why i had us wait that was my first mystery um and then we don't even really have to even go into this because we'll talk about this ad nauseum, of course, in the next coming weeks. But my other mystery was, will the Rangers hold out the injury storm? You know, we have the, the uh, Red Wings coming up on Tuesday. We have the Wild again on Thursday. Then we have the Blue Jackets that Sunday. And then uh, we do have a six-day break. And then we take on the Devils on Saturday, um, November 18th. So we do have quite a break in there, which is nice. Kind of gives us a little bit of relief. Hopefully we can have some guys come back. But yeah, that, uh, that will definitely be something that we'll be keeping a, a close eye on as well.
1: Oh, I like that. I'll get into yep. mine two real quick. Um, my first mystery is, which we talked about a lot before. Um, will McDavid and Drysaddle light up the league? You know, they've been kind of quiet recently. Um, I think McDavid's only had one assist in the last two or three games. Drysaddle didn't have a point in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming into this season, we had an episode where I said I want McDavid to get seventy goals, and he, yeah. he has two is too. Well he like also got games. hurt too, which like He did just, get hurt. Yeah, did get hurt. So my mystery is like, what's going to happen? Am I going to wake up and I'm going to see that they go on a five game, you know, winning streak tear, and the McDavid and Dryside will get like five goals each, or am I going to wake up and see that McDavid and Dryside will ask for a trade? I'm yeah, not... right. You you don't know. I mean,
0: that's <laughs> I that's literally the inconsistency of the Oilers right now. Everything about that organization is inconsistent right now. You just have no
1: idea what you're going to get from them or or the media surrounding them. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So that's my first one. My second one is also Rangers-related. Um, I, I do agree with you, like, weathering that storm, it's going to be tough. Thank God they're above 500 right now and, uh, you know, getting points where we're getting points. Um, So that way, you know, if we take some losses here and there, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world.
0: And and did salvage a
1: point last night. I mean, I know we did, did end up losing, losing in that shootout, you know, a
0: loss, yes. you never want a loss in the column, but getting that point is, is definitely going to be key for us in the standings.
1: Oh, yeah, and I also think it's important as a team you know, when, like like Henrik Lundqvist was saying in the intermission on the game in the Canes when, when Fox was ruled out. You know, this is an important time, too, for other players who will be getting more ice time. And it's also an important time for the leadership, you know, Truba and the assistant alternate captains to uh, really step up and, like, you know, fill in those empty spots. I think Truba's been, been great this year. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen as many, like, like crazy fights and hits and i think part of that is because you know last season he played so bad in the beginning because he was playing through a hand injury and maybe he Mm -hmm. he recognizes that and he's you know he's like you know it's better if i'm leading the league and blocking shots and stuff than oh yeah fighting unnecessary fights and hurting my hand so i think that's part of it um obviously we don't see the speeches in the locker room this and that but in terms of like on the ice and stuff um i'm not I, I, i i want to see a little more fire from truba But, you know, everybody leads differently. But um, for my mystery, with the Rangers, a little sidetracked there, (laughs) Uh, will Adam Fox come back 100%? I'm a little... You're always worried when it comes to injuries. I really hope he comes back all firing all cylinders, feeling great, this and that. I hope hope he doesn't come back and, you know, plays at half of what he could. Um, Also, just for his health in general, not just for the team success. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because he's been having an amazing season so far like he's fighting for that second norris trophy and now it's like damn you know dude you could make a case
0: i mean at this point honestly it looks like quinn Hughes is gonna win it just because he probably not only are the numbers there i mean i think he's like what third or fourth in the league in points right now actually let me just yeah no he's one so he's tied for one two three four he's tied for fifth in the league in points right now uh leading all defensemen of course and 16 points is just no joke. I mean, the, the, the Canucks have been kind of turning some heads here. But, yeah, I think he would be the front runner anyway. I mean, Fox was definitely yeah. giving him a run for his money. And uh, especially just on the power play, the points he's been putting up. I mean, Fox, he has, what, 14 points right now or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not far behind. So, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I do think that he's going to kind of have to bow out of, of that, uh, you know, serious Norris contention. But, yeah, I, I got to agree unfortunate with you. injury. Yeah. yeah, no, and I do have to agree with you in terms of just that is that's the mystery right when he comes back like we want him at full health we we need him at full health I mean you know I guess you can make the case that even like a half-strength foxy is better than some other guys that we'd have out there especially when it comes to our power play because our power play does not look the same without him quarterbacking it but yeah that will definitely be something to keep our eye on and I it is a mystery they call it mystery Monday for a reason it is a mystery and hopefully we get a good answer to that in a few weeks here but yeah that will definitely be something to keep our eyes
1: on yeah um yeah so far Really awesome episode, um I'm trying to think of some stuff I've seen you know around the league i think mm. uh I think some viewership engagement and I think also the league in general's exposure has been a little better this season. I haven't really kept my eye on um full uh viewership oh mm. uh what we were saying before uh you said the attendance at the uh Coyotes oh game? the Arizona game, yeah, it was wild, so I was
0: looking at the the attendance and the numbers you know you're you go down the list on ESPN like you could see the the attendance numbers like right there next to the scoreboard for all the for all the games and they're all like 17,000, 18,000, 19,000 you know it's like the typical size um of you know like these stadiums or whatever and then one of them was 4600 and i was looking at that and i was like what forgot about the coyotes playing in a college arena and they were 100%. I mean, the the capacity was listed as 4400. Uh it said the attendance was 4600, so I don't really know what the disparity is there, but nonetheless there was a uh, 100% attendance recorded at the Coyotes game the other night on uh that Saturday night, which is just crazy. But yeah, I I, I cuz you had a point about that right that kind of tied into what other other teams and locations and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Arizona to have attendance like that. I mean, I know it's only, it's limited because of the Mm -hmm. size of the stadium, but yeah, I was watching the YouTube video, um, Rob Talks Hockey, he's he's a cool channel, and basically he was doing, it was a video about attendance and location of teams, so I think a lot of people agree, like, I don't know why the NHL keeps trying to make um, the Coyotes work in Arizona, like they got voted against by their own fans, this and that. Um, I know Austin Matthews likes him because he's from Arizona, but <laughs> you know, um see that picture of somebody wearing a coyote's jersey with Matthews name on the back was so funny. Um but basically uh because people were like, Oh, bring him to Quebec, you know, bring bring them back up to Quebec, this and that, even though the Nordiques didn't didn't last there. Mm. Uh, he did a graph which was very interesting comparing Canadian teams to American teams and how their attendance and revenue is affected by winning and losing. So Canadian teams like the Maple Leafs, for example, who haven't won a cup since the 60s, mm-hmm. no matter if they're, you know, 40 and 0 or 0 and 40, their attendance pretty much stays exactly the same. Like it almost flatlines. Yeah. So even when teams are in Canadian teams, besides maybe the Jets right now even when Canadian teams are losing and not doing well for an ownership standpoint they're still making money which is incredible i mean you look at the yeah you look at the maple leafs they haven't won since the 60s and you know even when they have even when they were going through a rebuild and when they got matthews and Marner and all that stuff like he showed a graph where their attendance which you know of course translates to revenue uh was steady And of course, you know, it spiked when they were doing better, but it never got like drastically lower. Mm -hmm. And then he showed teams like the Carolina Hurricanes um, when they were doing, you know, good, which they've been historically pretty good, but um, since their inception, but he showed on the graph, you know, when they were doing good, it matched like the Canadian team's attendance. And the second they started to not do good, it dipped like drastically. Oh, wow in attendance and revenue and he showed other American teams this and that. So basically mm. the point he was trying to make is, you know, because of the culture and since the sport pretty much originated in Canada, that, you know, Canadian hockey teams it's hard to fail. Um because it's, you know, their culture. Whereas in the US and especially maybe like southern, you know, warmer states where hockey's an afterthought compared to like football or basketball or even soccer, um, you know, there's more pressure to get rebuilds done quicker in American teams than Canadian teams. Like Canadian teams, you can, you can drag rebuilds on to get like the best team possible because your attendance will pretty much stay the same, which means your revenue stays the same. Mm -hmm. And it's all about keeping the owners happy, you know, because he made another good point. You have an owner of a sports team, which nine out of 10 times, it's a billionaire, of course. Oh yeah. Um, And usually people who are billionaires or are in that position, they're usually not your average run-of-the-mill person that's like, you know, thinks like we do and is more like understanding and just like, like has like a, an ego that's in check. You know, usually those owners like Jim Dolan and all those other guys, they have big egos, you know, because they're wealthy. And they got to that wealth sometimes by, you know, kind of like just stepping on other people, not saying all billionaires have done that, but Mm. there is, I've seen some studies of, you know, certain people who get to positions of that wealth indirectly have, you know, exploited other people like workers and stuff like that. Just like, it was a really cool study. I'll have to show you it. But, you know, so you have owners with that type of ego. So, you know, in the U.S., you, you like if you're the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, if your attendance starts to dip while you're doing a rebuild, you know your pocket's getting a little light. You're gonna you're gonna get a little uh, flustered, and you're gonna go to your GM, you're gonna go to your president, and you're gonna say, mm. "Hey, we need to speed this up. Like we need to get attendance up." And then that indirectly yeah. can, can cause a failed rebuild. So it was a, it was a cool video.
0: It's an interesting point. Yeah, it definitely sounds to me because that's actually a really interesting point. And I like you said, it buys into the whole kind of like culture difference, which I mean, it's not surprising to hear that. But it is like it kind of just also shines a light again on how kind of the disparity of viewership and attention and love for hockey versus other professional sports in the U.S. Hockey pretty much falls by the wayside when it comes to, you know, competing with those other sports. And I think that's a big thing that contributes to it as well. I mean, if you think about people that are, you know, all over the United States during hockey season, there's an opportunity for them to uh, at the end during the playoffs, there's an opportunity to watch the beginning of the baseball season. Uh, the season schedule is basically concurrent with the NBA season. And Mm -hmm. during the beginning of the season into actually the middle of the season is football, which is king, of course. And on top of that, the beginning of the year also happens to be the end of uh, Major League Soccer and like the playoffs and things like that. So all of those other sports are going on. And yeah, like you said, if your hockey team isn't performing, why would they want to watch when they can watch any of their other sports teams? You know what I mean? That are kind of running at the same time, uh, you know, similar timelines, things like that when they're a lot more incentivized to watch. Maybe they're uh I'm trying I was trying to think of a good example, but off the top of my head, you know, I just can't really think of one, but you know, maybe like they're they're a fan of like that NBA team or that uh that NFL team in the area that they live in. And like you said, their NHL team at the time, Canes, Panthers, Lightning, whatever it is doesn't happen to be performing well they're just going to change the channel and go watch their basketball team they're going to go watch you know the miami heat or they're going to go watch the uh the texas rangers when the world series out of nowhere or they're going to go watch you know what i mean like they're going to watch literally anything else because their that team might be playing better it might be more entertaining and they might get more out of it so not surprising but it totally kind of just again sheds a light on that that disparity there and like you said kind of before we had talked about this i think that the viewership and like the the attention brought to hockey this season has been really good, especially with like the frozen frenzy. I've seen a lot of um of different like advertising out there and marketing campaigns and things like that so all good signs and it you know it seems like the league is really committed to trying to you know compete with these other leagues and and stay relevant and kind of increase revenue increase viewership attendance like all those things and kind of um you know just continue to grow the game and the league as a whole so I don't know that uh it's like gloom and doom per se, you know, I think that the league is still in a in a pretty good position here, but it is sad to to hear that, you know, you don't want to hear that about a sport that we love here in the states and something that we love watching and just hearing that it, you know, there aren't as many other people out there like us who who love the sport as much and kind of want to see it see as much as we do and things like that. So, yeah, like I said, definitely not surprising to see, but it is a little sad. It is a little sad as a big yeah. hockey fan.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Maybe we'll see a shift someday, I don't know, depends on gary bettman's leadership but it also depends on the success or failure of other of other sports sure True. um True. yeah i think uh it's been pretty good talks here i think we'll run it down with the last thing we're going to talk about which i think will uh, be a fun segment in the future um, oh yeah 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 we'll just we'll go through twitter replies or just like you know uh different tweets and just try and like have a little segment on the like worst takes that we have seen um Cause I saw a few, I woke up this morning I was reading a few and it was just like, what Oh dude, some of the, some of the things
0: I see online, I'm like, there's a difference between a hot, like there, I've, I've like a hot take obviously. Right. But then there are right. some takes that I'm like, no, that is just it's like, just you wear your brain cells. Yeah, Cause hot are, takes
1: are cool, especially when they have like facts behind them.
0: Yeah. Like when, and they're like thought provoking, like I'm a Zach yeah. Wilson, I'm an avid Zach Wilson supporter. And I know that a lot of the takes that I have about Zach Wilson might be considered hot takes, but I can also point you to the online article with his adjusted QBR that shows you that he's actually not as bad as people think he is. And that is a yeah. hot take that's interesting. And it, you know, it starts conversation, right? But you it see is, some of these yeah. people online and this is, this is the one I'm going mean, to, because I told you about this before. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And we thought this, and like, this will be the first one. Obviously we said, we're going to try and make this into a segment and, and make it more of a consistent thing. Cause it is funny and, you know, very thought provoking and starts conversations and things like that. But this is the one I saw the other day. So the guy goes, True or false, is Daniel Jones a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Oh now, God. the first couple of responses, people were like, no, 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 like whatever. And he was responding to them like, ha, 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 can't wait to come back here in a week and prove y'all wrong. Which, first of all, I was <laughs> like, okay, even if they win that week, doesn't make him a top 10 quarterback. Like, use your brain, please. Thank you. Oh, my God. But dudes, what do you get towards the bottom? Like, actually, I think I replied on it from our Twitter and I was like was he ever he had 15 passing touchdowns no, last season I p- please point me to the statistical category that proves that he was a top 10 quarterback last year because I'm hearing a lot of flack about over here in New York about Zach Wilson being awful and all this things and, and all this that and the other thing right Daniel Jones had 15 passing touchdowns last year and got the bag in the offseason so and so yeah
1: but yeah no, that's I, I just crazy <laughs> and I know how you feel about Daniel Jones oh, so I know that God. that's like boiling your blood yeah no that was hilarious I mean especially like after like what this season's been if that guy's like oh come back next week i mean daniel jones would have to have like 10 touchdowns and like six thousand yards in one game for that to even like even still it'd be like just a fluke game uh, which is obviously the stats i just threw out there are impossible Mm -hmm. probably will never see but yeah no he was never a top 10 not even 15 last year last year he was probably top 20 i was gonna say you could you could give him
0: top 20 because of that dual threat And also the fact that the Giants overperformed. But that's the thing. They overperformed last season. And so many people took that overperformance, especially like Giants fans here and the radio and everything, the media. They took that overperformance and used it as a basis for the future. They were like, this team's going to win. And it's like, what did they do in the offseason to make you think that? Like, it's not like they went out and did that much. I mean, they brought in Darren Darren Waller coming off an injury who's like, how is he going to play? And they barely use him. And they barely use him in the offense to begin with. And they can't even get the ball to him everyone's like oh Jalen Hyatt Jalen Hyatt is so special so good and it's like he well, can't I, run routes. exactly and he, you can't even get the ball to him and then Sterling Shepard's still sitting there on the sidelines complaining old. because the whole time he's been there he has not gotten the ball as much as he should and then he gets the ball and he drops it put him on the fumbles it I know he is a joke like I, I just I mean the defense looks good that's it literally that's the story the defense, the defense yeah. looks good so at least you have like you can hang your hat on that and say that like there's some young guys on there that, that the future of the defense looks good but yeah just thought that that whole Daniel Jones take was hilarious and that would kind of be the beginning of uh of what we we'll we'll start here a little bit of segment. I think that that was a really good idea you had earlier to try and do that a little bit of a segment, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. No, yeah, it's 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 insane. And I, I have this argument with my coworker all the time and other people. I just don't I don't know if it's just like they just want to sweep it under the rug, this and that, but I just still can't wrap my head around the contract. Like I do agree with the The idea, like, they didn't have really anybody else to go with, that's fine. But I just don't understand the money value. I understand the market was for quarterbacks was getting higher. But my thought is, like, he was playing hardball with the Giants for some reason. He's just a dumb ego, even though he's one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. I just don't understand, like, why they caved. I mean, thank God they were smart enough to put the stipulation in where after next season we can just, like, give him a suitcase and pack his bags and not yeah. give him the rest of the contract that was thank god if they didn't have that in there that'd be easily top 10 worst contracts in nfl history but i just don't understand like and and you know the, the argument i've heard other people make: oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like he was going to get paid regardless where what team was going to give him 40 million a year i don't think a single team was so like if the giants were like no we'll give you like 25 maybe 30 like what was he going to do he was going to be like I'll right, see you guys later no, mm. <laughs> what other team was going to pick him up? No other team was going to pick him up. What we should have done, and obviously I understand the running back market is not what it should be, and it's a shame. We should have mm-hmm. franchise tagged Daniel Jones, because leading into that season where he had 15 touchdowns, ooh, you know, the savior. Yeah. You know, he, they declined his fifth year option because he sucks, right? Like they, they made that statement to him in the beginning of the year. We're declining your fifth year option, mm-hmm. which is why he played better, because he's like, oh, I got to prove myself. I don't care you should have franchise tagged him and given Saquon some type of contract because of the loyalty he showed in this team. And also he's the best offensive weapon you have. I don't understand why they were like, you know what, Daniel, take my keys, take my house. You know what? You can even come live with me and my family. We love you. (laughs) Like it, it doesn't make sense. Like I I hate the argument. They're like, Oh, the contract doesn't matter. It's whatever. It does matter because a it's part of the cap right for next year to like make any type of adjustments mm. and also i guess it's more so like a pride thing for me but it's just it it's like a big like bird poop on your franchise <laughs> it's like you know what i mean like because it's just like it looks like you're an idiot yeah. like everyone's gonna be like oh remember when our gm gave him that contract remember when the organization was like oh daniel jones is our guy which i've heard mm. forgot his name the guy who cones the giants with john morrow He's like, oh, Daniel Jones is our, is our quarterback. Shut up. I know. <laughs> like it's they, like it's their ego. They don't want to admit they're wrong. And of course, obviously, you don't want to have you know, turmoil in the ranks. You don't want to be like, oh, Daniel Jones sucks. And then he hears that and while well, he's still on the team. But come on. Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, I think the contract is very relevant. I hate when people say it's not. I think you kind of agree to some point.
0: Yeah, I the thing about tagging him is that then you would have had to give Barkley, like you would have had to pay Saquon and they don't want to pay Saquon for some reason. I mean, I understand not wanting to pay running backs in the modern NFL just because of like the injury and it, running backs don't pay as long as they used to just with the, the speed and the violence of the game. It's hard to get, you know, consistent years out of them. So I understand, I guess from that point, because you can only tag one player, right? And if they tag Jones, it would have been, I believe like 32 mil for the, for the one year. And then you have the option of throwing in incentives in there. But yeah, they would have tagged him. It would have been like a 32, 33 hit for this season. But then that says to Barkley, we're going to give you the bag. And I I just don't think they want to pay Barkley. And so it kind of worked out for them in that regard where they tag Barkley. It's 10 mil because it's less running backs make way, way less money than they should because uh, the franchise tag is based off like the average salary for that position group. Um, mm-hmm. So they they did save I guess their thinking is that they like kind of saved money in that regard. But when you kind of like break it down at the end of the year here, they have to pay Saquon. I mean, he's their whole offense. If he doesn't play good, if he's hurt, there's no offense, especially with Daniel Jones hurt. Tyrod Taylor hurt. Like, I I mean, look at the jets game. Saquon was a workhorse and it's not like he, um, you know, there were some drives there where we, we, you know, were able to kind of get a, get a read on him, but we knew you guys were going to run every single play and he could still pick up four or five yards a clip. You know, like so, it's he's got to get paid, and and I I almost wish that they would have just done it in this off season. But again, I think that the fans, that the front office, everyone was in the media, everyone was kind of going off of last year, and like saying like Oh my God, yeah, yeah, like sign him, get him in here. He's the quarterback of the future." But I look at that, and it's just like you guys again, like you guys overperformed. So I feel yeah. like so many people saw that season and were like, Oh my God, we had a good you know good season. We made the playoffs for once, won a game, like whatever, and like took it and ran with it. Whereas I think that should have been like, okay, now let's let's stay grounded here and let's do the right thing so that we can maintain that moving forward. Not just throw, oh, yeah. not just yeah. throw the bag at our guy who had seven rushing to- seven rushing touchdowns and six fumbles, mind you. Now, let's just throw the bag at him, right? Instead of paying our running back who who's yes. been here for years and is a workhorse and is the exactly. center of our offense. So yeah, definitely a, a bit of a weird move there.
1: Especially when they forget, like the end of the season, they into the playoffs. Like the team lost a bunch of games and did not perform on the level they wanted to. It's like people forgot about that. And yeah, and, and the thing that annoys me is like the the after they lost to the Eagles and the, like uh, the GM and Dable, like they had a like a conversation. Like the GM was like, "Oh no, we have to approach every season as a new season. We're not basing it off last season." Anyway, Daniel, here's forty million dollars a year. I'm I know like, it's like, like what <laughs> you literally said that, and then you did the opposite. I know
0: so. it's so, it's so weird. It definitely not happy if you're a Giants fan I I couldn't understand why but um yeah yeah, but I think with that maybe we'll uh, wrap it up here right a a longer one but really good episode again we had we have a lot of stuff to cover it's it's really hard to get through this stuff in you know the the 34 minutes that we kind of want to hit um I don't think that we're bringing bad content by any means. We bring, you know, entertaining, oh, yeah. good stuff. Like it's just so much, so much is going on, so much exciting stuff. So, you know, we hope that you guys want to want to hear about these things and, you know, are interested in this stuff as well. We try and bring all the interesting stuff, the relevant news, the the fun stuff, the scary stuff, the, you know, the, anything, right? Anything, the thought provoking stuff, the the stuff that will start a conversation. So yeah, with that, I think uh, I'll just close out my end here by saying another great episode in the books. Um, got a good, good little Sunday here. I actually will be seeing John in a little bit here going over going over his house so that'll be fun but uh yeah another great episode in the books Uh, happy to have you guys on and i will uh i'll catch you guys on the next one i'll shoot over to john to close us out here
1: yeah uh yeah i'll be seeing matt in two hours maybe um yeah it'd be pretty cool um yeah thanks for tuning in again you know tune in every monday and friday and sometimes wednesdays uh bring you the content check us out in our socials email us if you want to get in touch with us I appreciate all the love and support. Continue listening. Tell your friends, family, and loved ones about the show. And we will catch you on the next one.